Welcome to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb, a mom just like you, raising a bright daughter with dyslexia. I look forward to sharing what I'm learning on my dyslexia parenting journey with you. Remember, you are not alone. You got this. You are listening to episode 91, and this episode is an episode from just last week where I was invited to speak at the Fall Dyslexia Night for Mansfield Independent School District in Texas. This was an event that was a live event for families raising children with dyslexia, and what a cool thing. Their public school district had this Fall Dyslexia Parenting Night. And although I was not able to be there in person, I did a a virtual uh, video that they were able to watch from the location live, I was honored to be asked to speak at this event. Now, you can see the actual video recording that was played at the event at the YouTube channel, Dyslexia Mom Life. But I wanted to also drop it here into the podcast so that you could hear the conversation. It is me giving them a special message about some tips for things you can try at home and then ways you can build relationships with your school districts. It is something that I think anyone could benefit from and especially our community. So I hope you enjoy this special message. Again, if you want to see it, it is actually at my YouTube channel, Dyslexia Mom Life. I want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you to Mansfield Independent Schools for having me here today for your Fall Dyslexia Parent Night. I am just so excited and honored to be here with you tonight for this special uh, conversation and really this special message just for you. So you may not know me. I'm Nicole Holcomb. I am the host of the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast. And like you, I also have a child with dyslexia. She is now in fifth grade, but our journey started way, way back, even before school, with struggles with speech, uh, struggles with just articulation. You know, as we got into school, we started seeing struggles with sight words and, you know, learning to read and pull words apart and just all of the things. So to say our journey has been smooth, it is not. Have we had some detours or have we had some, you know, U-turns in our journey? Absolutely. One of the things that really, I think, caught us off guard as parents is the fact that, you know, as a child, having a child with dyslexia, they have so many strengths and they have so many, for us, even early on, our daughter had a really large vocabulary for her age and she loved puzzles and she loved solving problems. And so we saw all these amazing strengths in her and we just couldn't figure out why the other pieces weren't falling into place. So dyslexia was not on our radar, but it quickly became part of what we knew might be the bigger, I guess, um, I guess you could say, you know, student profile for her. And so as we started looking more and more into it, you know, you can, you can hear my whole journey if you go to, to, go to the podcast at Dyslexia Mom Life. So I'll keep it kind of short today, which is we do eventually have her uh, identified in first grade We go through the journey of what do we do next. Uh, We find out that there's some other pieces as far as she was physically getting ill at school just because it was just too much. It was too much around her that she just couldn't take it all in. And so we eventually move her to a private school just for dyslexia. And again, I'd love you to come to the, the podcast and learn more about our journey and the amazing pieces we've learned along the way. Today, though, I'm here at the Fall Dyslexia Parent Night to give you a few tips on ways you can thrive at home with your children. Because I don't know about you, but, 
You know, when we're at home at night and our kids have been at school all day, when they come home, they're just, I mean, literally exhausted, right? And there's still so much that we need to do to be able to help them thrive. So I'm going to give you four tips today that I think will be very helpful for you. The first tip is, you know, when you're home at night and you're working on assignments or you're studying for a test, one is to get your kids up and moving. I don't know about you, but I'm very type A. And when I think about my education, I think about sitting down at the kitchen table and just getting my work done, right? So if you think about the way we were raised or the way we approach education, it is very different than what we might need to do with our own children. So the first tip I can give you is to move. It is absolutely okay and a necessity for our kids with dyslexia to get up and move around. Not only does it give them an opportunity to literally, you know, stretch, but it also gives them an amazing opportunity to get their brain moving. There is a lot of research about what they call, you know, crossing the midline. And so even early on with learning sight words or red words, you know, we'd have her punch across like this to say her words or to, you know, spell those out. And so there's many things you can do with movement. Even if that's just jump roping in the house, going out to shoot a couple of hoops in the basketball goal out front. But when we get our kids moving, they come back kind of regenerated, rejuvenated rather, and just ready to take on what the next task is. So I would say movement's very important. We are blessed that at our daughter's school, they have a lot of movement throughout the day and it really does help her excel as a, as a learner. The second one really goes along with the first one, which is taking breaks. I don't know about you, but after you've worked all day or you've had a full day, working on homework can also be taxing just on the family unit. And so sometimes we've learned that when we get frustrated or our daughter gets frustrated or maybe we hit something that's difficult, just taking a break. And we've got to the place now where our daughter may even say, can I just have like a three minute break? And at first I was like, let's just push on through, let's get this done. We learned the hard way that that's not always the best way, right? So, you know, if you're up against the time constraints for soccer or whatever, we get that. But sometimes if you can allow for those breaks, sometimes you just need to take that five minutes, say, hey, we're going to set a timer, five minutes, we're going to come back, and then incorporate that movement too. Get them outside, let them kick a soccer ball. Uh, I have to admit, our daughter's rode her scooter inside our house, right, just to get a break. So movement and breaks are huge. The third tip I would say is exposure to vocabulary. Vocabulary is so, so important for our children to be successful readers and successful as they go forward in their future. And so that piece is so important. So let me give you a little tip. I learned this tip from Overcoming Dyslexia. It's a book by Dr. Sally Shaywitz. It's a book that's very highly recommended, has a lot of amazing tips in it, a lot of strategies in it, but it's a little hefty read. So give yourself a minute, to, you know, when you get that book to look through it. But she's got something that I love. She has this visual in the book and the visual is about how much vocabulary our children are exposed to. So I'm going to break it down for you real quickly. She says that if we read with our children at night, she recommends 20 minutes a night that we read with our child. Now that can be your child reading to you. That can be you reading to your child. That can be you like partnering and taking turns. You read a chapter, your child reads a chapter. Maybe it's you read a sentence and your child reads a sentence. Maybe it's one of those nights where you have to do all the reading. The main point is, is that exposure to vocabulary. So Dr. Shaywitz has done some research and what she found is this. 
when our children read, let's just say we start off small. Our children read less than one minute a day, less than one minute a day. In a span of a year, your child would be exposed to mm, about 8,000 words. If you increase that, let's say, well, we can do about five minutes. So she found in her research for children who read 4.6 minutes a day, that on an average in a year, your child would be exposed to 262,000 words a year. So think of all that new vocabulary that would be introduced into, into their, um, you know, to their everyday knowledge and their reading and being exposed to vocabulary. So you think, wow, that's pretty good, 8,000 to 262,000. Surely we can do the five minutes a day. But what is amazing is Dr. Shaywitz found that when we read 20 minutes a day with our children, it goes all the way up to 1.8 million words a year your child is exposed to. 1.8 million. So you can see from the less than one, one minute at 8,000 to 1.8 million is, is, is amazing. So I'm going to be honest, do we do it every night? Absolutely not. Do we strive to do that every night? Absolutely, because we know for her to be a successful reader and have what they call fluency, whereas she's able to identify words, she has to be exposed to those words. And so that is a big piece of that is, is having that opportunity. The fourth, uh, the, the fourth tip I would give to you as far as things you could do at home to help your child thrive. You know, if I had to rank these one to four, this would be number one. This, I think, is the most important thing that we can do with our children. And it may seem common sense, but I have seen this in many places. Well, not really, actually. Let me go back. I've seen this in a few places where I thought they did it really well. And, you know, feel free to message me if you want to know where those are, and I'll share those with you. But the fourth one is so important. It is relationships. And the relationship I'm talking about is the relationship that you have with your child. So what I mean by that is that we have to think about, you know, what is their day like? We have to think about, we were just talking about homework. You know, I think about building that relationship with my daughter because I know, I hope at some point she will go out and have her own life. And I want to be able to continue to have that, that strong relationship. And what I found was interesting, I believe it was uh, Dr. Daniel Franklin in his book, he talked about relationships and he said, I remember, you know, your child's not going to remember in second grade that you sat down and necessarily helped them with a certain math homework. But what she is going to remember is that you were there every night and that you worked through that struggle with her or with him. It's, it's being there beside them and also helping them embrace failures. You know, there's such a stigma around being a failure or failing at things. But we know that to be successful, we have to have failure. We have to get things wrong in order to know what we need to do to get things right. So part of that is working through failure, and part of that is how do we perceive that as a parent? So how, how do we embrace that with our children to really know that it's part of the process? And for those of you, which should be everyone in the audience, is that you're raising children with dyslexia. They are going to have days where they are going to have failures. And how we approach those failures with them and how we have that mindset is going to be huge for them. That doesn't mean saying you'll get it right next time. It doesn't mean, you know, overcompensating. What it does mean is, yes, this is hard. This is going to be a challenge. 
Let's see how we can do this together. Let's try this again. So it's all about the way we really frame things up with our children. There's a great book by Carol Dweck. It's called Mindset. And it, it talks about a lot of different things about mindset, but there's a whole chapter about how we communicate with our children and the messages that we tell our children. And I think it's very impactful, even as educators talking to students in our classroom about failure. And instead of, uh, you know, because our kids, I don't know about yours, but mom will call me out. If I just say, oh, well, you'll win the next soccer game, she might say, well, mom, what if it's a, a harder team? What if they're better? What if I'm sick? All of these things. And so we have to say things like, well, you know what? We'll practice an extra night. We'll do some things together as a family to help you, you know, get that skill the way it needs to be. Maybe it's that we have to practice a little more on that multiplication facts. But it is okay to acknowledge things are hard, but we don't want to say you can't do this or, you know, I'm just bad at math. I I had to catch myself saying that. I'm just bad at math. I have to say, you know what? Math is difficult, but we can do this together. And so, you know, it's just changing the way that we, we say things and how we say things and just being aware of things, how we say things. The last piece I'll talk to you about on about relationship building is also really, I think this is usually with dyslexic kids, is honing in on their interests and their strengths. You know, as parents, we get so... Um, the word I'm looking for. We get so, I guess, kind of fixed on how do we help them improve? How do we help them learn to read? How do we help them do math? All about the struggle. And the struggle is there. But we also need to be looking at areas of interest. Uh, It could be musical. It could be art. It could be athletic. There's lots of different interests your child may have in nurturing those interests. And as those interests turns into strengths, things they do very well, things they excel at, You know, if you think about, you know, you go through your day and let's say every day you had to relearn something. Maybe it's maybe it's sending emails at work and you have no idea every day how to do that. And you have to retrain yourself every day. Think about for your child who's in a classroom and every day they look around and they don't get it. They can't read the assignment. They can't read what's on the board. It can be very, very um, frustrating for them. But imagine for your child who also has these strengths and these strengths really make them feel important. It helps them give, you know, self-assurance, self-esteem builder. And so we have to ensure that we have those strengths along the way. And then finally, one of the pieces that I think so the four let me run through the four tips again. So the four tips to help your child thrive at home, one is to get them up moving. Two is take breaks. They're essential. The third is exposure to vocabulary. And the fourth is having a really strong relationship with your child. And that's an everyday process that we're working on, right? So those are the four tips I would say, you know, you start working on or continue to work on. But the last piece I want to talk to you about tonight before we close out and you move on to your next session is you're, you're there today, you're in your child's school, and your school partnership really is part of your tribe. They really are essential to our children being successful. If you think about all the hours that our kids spend in school every day, they spend a majority of their time with the adults in their classroom. So I always tell parents when we go into any situation and we think about what's the best interest for our children, and the educators have the same, same ideals, let's sit down, let's talk about what's best for our daughter, 
if we can all focus on what she needs or maybe he needs and really work through those pieces, then we're going to be in a good place. Are we going to always agree? Absolutely not. But we have to partner with our schools so that our children can be successful because our children watch us. So we're our child's role model. So when they see the perception of we don't have trust in our school or we don't, you know, maybe we've had, maybe we're having a difficult year with communication with a teacher. We sometimes have to take that step forward to try to build that relationship from our side and really open up and give some examples of things of when your child's struggling Maybe it's sharing some strengths. You know, my child is an amazing soccer player. And then the teacher gets the idea of bringing more soccer stories into the classroom. And that really does light your child out up and get them excited about school. So if you're not partnering together on those pieces, the school doesn't know necessarily uh, what those pieces are. And, you know, you need to be communicating and having that relationship and is that always easy? No, because our children, you know, we see sometimes things different at home as far as what our child brings home because they kind of let their defenses down and they're themselves and sometimes they're exhausted. Many times they're exhausted. And so, but we also have to remember that there are many people that are going to be in your tribe. There are going to be speech therapists. There's going to be psychologists. There's going to be, you know, the neighbor next door that helps pick your child up at the bus stop, whatever it might be. But we have to also acknowledge that the partnerships that you have in the building and with the, the educators around you are pivotal in your child being successful. And so I know, you know, it's amazing that Mansfield Independent School District has this fall dyslexia night. I, I, I commend them for doing this. I'm excited to, uh, to, I wish I was there with you in person to see all of you and answer your questions. But again, that partnership and relationship we were talking about earlier with our children, it extends into uh, that, that, that tribe that's also supporting our children. So I'd love to continue this conversation. Feel free to, you know, follow us at Dyslexia Mom Life. We have a podcast. We have a website. Feel free to, you know, jump over on Instagram or to send me an email and ask any questions that you have. I would be delighted to help you along your journey. I just uh, am honored to be on this journey with so many parents and working along beside you. It really is an honor. And thank you so much for being here tonight. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. I would like to thank Mansfield Independent School District again for having me to their event and offering me the opportunity to speak to their parents. I really enjoyed connecting with and collaborating with their school district. And, you know, if you're wondering how you can connect with our community, what I would say the best way to do that is to actually be part of our, our private Facebook group. We have a Facebook group at Dyslexia Mom Life podcast community. And I always put a link in every one of our show notes descriptions, even in our podcast description. And you can link over there and you can ask to be part of that community. It is a free community, but it is a private community. And we do have, you know, just a, a lot of amazing people in there and moms, and you can connect with me and many others in that group. If you're enjoying the podcast, the biggest compliment you could give us is to leave a review at Apple Podcast. And the reason we ask you to do that is I'd love to get feedback on the podcast, number one. I'd love to hear your voice as far as what are you enjoying. And then it also gives other moms who may be looking for something and they see those reviews. They know that people are enjoying the show. And so it's the biggest thank you that you really can give the show because then others can find it and connect with us as well. 
And if you're wondering how you can support the podcast, we have uh, actually uh, a new thing that we're trying out, which is buy me a coffee. And we have that linked as well. So that if you want to support the podcast that way, you can as well. And uh, several people have asked me, you know, how in the world are you keeping so organized this fall? And I tell you, every day, you know, it's a challenge sometimes, right? (laughs) And so one of the things that I have found that really helps me stay organized and get things done is the Full Focus Planner. So the Full Focus Planner is by Michael Hyatt, and I love that it's organized by um, quarters. And so I get a new planner for every quarter, and I'm able to look at it from a year view. I'm able to set specific goals for the quarter. I'm also able to set, you know, long-term goals for the year and see how I'm making progress toward those. And it also has daily goals that I can set. So it's got a a monthly calendar and a weekly calendar where you can go in and put day by day what you're working on. And then every week, what I love on the end of the week, you can go back and make notes at the weekly review as to what went well, what would you like to change? And that's not only professional, but it's also personal. And so you can set whatever kind of goals you want, like they're your own personal goals. And so you can set those in the planner, but it helps me keep organized and it helps me keep focused on what I'm getting done. And and I find that when I use, I like the paper planner. I do have a, um, a digital planner at work. I use, um, you know, Outlook to keep up with my calendar. But I like this one because I can really make notes in there uh, of what's going on. And it's just, I like the way it's set up. But I've used a lot of different planners, but I have found the full focus planner works best for me. And so I've actually reached out to them. And for our community, I was able to get $10 off between now and December 20th if you want to try out one of their planners. So I have a link in the show notes that you're able to click over to and get a copy. Well, not a copy. You're able to get the benefit of getting that $10 off your first order of a full focus planner. So check it out. See what you think. I really enjoy their planners. Like I said, I've had many different planners and I found that this one keeps me the most organized. If you have a question, you know what? Send me a DM on Instagram. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have about that or any other questions just in general about the podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a fantastic week. And remember, you got this.